John chapter 1, verse 46. And Nathanael saith unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. I'll read it one more time. Nathanael, and Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. And I want to preach on the title of a message. Bare minimum or above and beyond. Bare minimum or above and beyond. Pastor, would you please pray? Father, thank you so much. Your word, your servant. Bless him now as he ministers. Speak to us, challenge us, help us to rise higher. God, we thank you. We give you glory in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Amen. All right, there we are. Praise God. Okay, let's get back in here real quick. Bare minimum or above and beyond. The Bible gives us the name of a man who is always, when you see his name mentioned among a list of other people, he's always fifth place. How would you like to always be fifth place in everything that you do? When you go to the Olympics or you, or you compete, there's gold, silver, bronze. There's never a medal for fifth place. However, we see this man here named Philip. Philip, when you see the list of the apostles, he's always listed as number five. This man, Philip, though, however, he had a goal. What was his goal? The few times that you read about him, you see him bringing people to Jesus, bringing people to Christ. He wasn't at the top. He wasn't big mouth Peter. He wasn't like John, but he did the best that he could with whatever it was and how God called him. His mission, his goal was to be a soul winner and to bring somebody to Christ. And so I want to encourage you, don't just do the bare minimum, but be above and beyond in your life for God and everything you do for him. And so this man, Philip, we see things about him, three things about him. We see his calling, we see his questioning, and we see his carrying. We see his calling and Jesus calling him. We see him questioning what Jesus could do, but then we see him Carrying people to Jesus Christ. So first, his calling. Now, what do I need to? I really don't know that I need to. However, what, if we want to define it, what is bare minimum? Bare minimum is the smallest possible quantity or the least fulfilling but still adequate condition that is required or acceptable or suitable for some purpose. Example, she eats only the bare minimum to stay alive. I can't even save the bare minimum for retirement. And this one's bad. When I do housework, I only do the bare minimum. Uh, (laughs) Oh my or oh me, as Pastor Olson would say, man. Watch out for the bare minimum. 
Don't let the bare minimum creep into your life. As I was getting ready for this, for this sermon, I, I was looking up the bare minimum, bare minimum. This thing came up, bare minimum Monday. Bare minimum Monday. It's a, it's a movement that's going on for those that are just burned out from the weekend. They have this thing going on called bare minimum Monday. I'm getting up at the last minute. I'm doing the least amount that I can when I go to work just to get by. Do not let bare minimum Monday take over in your life because you may have bare minimum to pay your bills when they fire you. <laughs> there is also... A bare minimum, this was really bad, I was wondering, should I say something about this? There's a bare minimum man in a relationship. The man, it's something similar to what Pastor, Pastor Olson was preaching about. The man that does the bare minimum in the relationship. He's not doing what he used to do before he got married. He's doing the least amount. He's there, but he's never there on time. He doesn't do anything like he used to. The only time he goes out to eat is if you plan it. I said, oh, goodness. Okay, moving on to above and beyond. Amen. All right. What does it mean to be above and beyond? Far beyond what is required, far beyond the call of duty. An example, putting in overtime without worrying about what it is, without pay. That means I'm going above and beyond, especially when I'm doing something for somebody else. You've had above and beyond service when you went to a restaurant. You've seen something that was above and beyond what's, what you thought that somebody else would do. This is exactly what happened when Jesus called Philip. He whatever expectations that there were. He called him, and the only thing that he said was, follow me. That's what God calls for us to do. He just uses a few words, and somehow we're attracted to him. Somehow it's just that there's something within us that wants for us to come, wants for us to worship, wants for us to reverence him. He says, follow me, and the answer should be, yes, Lord, yes. And so Philip's call, Jesus called Philip, and Philip trusted him, and he followed him. We don't know exactly what kind of heart that he had. We don't know what God had been doing to prepare him. We don't know exactly what it was that, that Philip had experienced beforehand, but we know that he came. We know that he came and he followed, and he invited a friend named Nathaniel. Thank God for those people that go out and invite somebody else. I know we have some new people here in the house of the Lord. Why? Because somebody invited them. God had put it on someone's heart. Hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. I'm going to do whatever it is that I can. I'm not just going to do the bare minimum, but I'm going to go above and beyond and invite as many as I can. We went out today. I know my, we have a three-year-old daughter. Her name is Charity. And she likes to fellowship. If you ask her or if you're around her, is there fellowship today? <laughs> no fellowship today. Okay. Is there fellowship? Is there church? Now, she's loving church. Amen. I'm glad we're, we're getting that in her heart already. Is there church today? I love church. All right. And so she thought there was something going on after church today, and there wasn't. So she said, where are we going? I said, we're going home. Uh... I want to go get something. My said, are we going home? I said, well, um, uh, okay. I get out the old Burger King app, and, and not, not that that's my favorite, but she wants it, and I didn't get anything. So, But we went down there, and I got down there and said, you know what? 
I need to invite people anyway. So I'm going down there. We're in the middle of our 90-day challenge. And the goal for 2023, if you do not know, 20 minutes of prayer per day, two invites, and three chapters in the Bible. But what I did was I messed up. I got out of the car, got my two cards out. I went in there and I invited the people. And then I was all out of ammunition. I said, oh, I was just thinking about the bare minimum. My wife was thinking above and beyond. She grabbed a whole bunch of cards and started inviting out a whole bunch of people. We've got to change our mentality. We've got to change what it is that we're trying to do. Jesus was trying to change people's lives. He was trying to change what was going on around him. That's our goal. And that should be our desire. When he called Philip, he was trying to change not just Philip's life, but the lives of the people that Philip knew, the lives of the people that Philip could change. He was looking beyond what just one. He was looking to see a whole city, a whole nation, a whole generation. He was looking to do something totally different of what whatever could have been done. Let's raise our mentality. Let's raise what we're doing. Let's lift it up. Let's go above and beyond. And do it for the Lord. And so he called this man Nathaniel. Now Nathaniel had a bare minimum attitude. And you meet some of those people, right? They had a bare minimum attitude. He said, hey, I want you to come and, and see this man. I want you to come and hear the message. We have found him. He who is the Messiah, we found him. He's the one that came out of Nazareth. Nathaniel said, ha. Isn't there any good thing come out of Nazareth? And so when you're a soul winner, I encourage you, if you meet somebody and you just, you just can't get around whatever they're saying, tell them, hey, come and see. Come and see. Come and see what God can do in your life. Come and see how your life can change. Come and see how he can get you out of alcohol. Come and see how he can get you out of drugs. Come and see how he can change your life. Come and see how he can change your eternal destiny. I was lost and without God on my way to hell, but somebody told me about the love of God through Jesus Christ, and I have never been the same. And if that sounds good to you, come and see. And so it was compelling enough for Nathaniel to go down there and to come and see. Jesus already knew everything about him, just like he knows what you're going through right now. He knows everything. He's seen your, he's seen the tears. He's heard your prayers. He knows what you have need of, and you are here in the house of God because of the love of God. To be a Nazarene, to be from there, that was Roman territory. And, of course, the Jews at that time, they were occupied by the Romans. And so it had this bad connotation. And, and anyone that was from there, they looked down upon them. But he didn't know who he was looking at. Jesus had invited him. Hey, isn't it, as Philip said, come and see. Jesus would keep on inviting. Come and drink. Come and dine. Come and drink of the water of life freely. Come and see. Jesus is always inviting somebody to come. He's always inviting. Don't stay away, but come. Don't be away from God, but come. God wants for us to come. Next, now there are many references to Philip, but Philip is an interesting man. So the next thing that happened was his questioning. Jesus questioned him. 
When Jesus had a great multitude of people, this is in John chapter 6. All these references about Philip are only in John. Very interesting. Matthew, Mark, and Luke don't have anything to say about old Philip. But John had a few things to say. So in John chapter 6, a great multitude had been following Jesus, listening to him. And they'd grown to such a great crowd, and it got later on in the day, and Jesus asked them, how are we going to fill? These are his disciples, his 12 disciples. How are we going to feed all of these people? And so, the first, all the disciples said, hey, Jesus, send them away. They can call for Uber Eats. They can go out there to McDonald's, get the kosher meal, whatever it is. Lord, we can't feed them all. So, Philip was the first one to say what should be done. He said, we have a little bit of money. Maybe we need to raise some money, Jesus. 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient. Everyone may take a little. We've only got a little bit. We need some more money, Jesus. Now, Philip was a good man, but Jesus had something greater within him. Jesus that depended on God. His goal was to glorify God. His goal was to show people what exactly what it was that God could do in men and women's lives. And so Philip had one answer, but Jesus had the true answer. Mankind has one answer, but God has the true answer. Man may tell you, go to psychiatrists, go to the psychologist. No, we can do more with Jesus. He can do more in our lives in 30 seconds than mankind can do in a lifetime. Anything that man tries to tell you, all the books in the world, if you just get down in the real book of books, you get down in the holy word of God, you find your solution for your eternal soul. And so Andrew had an answer. He said, hey, I think there's somebody that might have a little bit of lunch they could give up. And so this little boy came. He had a little bit of food. He had a little bit of bread and some fish. And they brought that to Jesus. And, of course, we know the story about how Jesus had multiplied all of that. And what's the lesson? Bring whatever little bit that you have to Christ. Whatever it is and whatever's going on in your life, bring your little bit of whatever you got in your life. Bring it to God. God, this little bit of money, I'm bringing it to you. God, this little bit of faith, I'm bringing it to you. God, this little bit of whatever I am. God, I'm not a whole lot and I can't do anything real good. God, I've only been number five in my family or number five throughout my life. I've never been the greatest. I've never been wonderful. But God, just let me bring it all to you. God, I'll do the best I can. God, you do the rest. And something great can be done. It's like that story of that, that farmer who went throughout his field. And as he was going throughout the field, you, you probably heard this before. He went over to the cow and said, cow, what do you do for me? He said, I give milk. And he said, and meat, right? Moo. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he went to the horse, and he, and he went to various different animals, and he was going by. He came up on a daisy. And he was looking at the daisy. He said, Daisy, what do you do for me? You're out here in the middle of this field. What do you do for me? 
And the days you said, I just be the best that I can at whatever it is that I'm doing out here. I just try to be whatever I can and shine as bright as possible. And that's what, exactly what God wants you to do. God wants you to shine as bright as possible for the rest of the world. There are people that are looking. There are people that are in need. There are people that have a need of God. And they need you to shine. They need you when you're out in the restaurant to put your head down and pray before you eat. They need you while you're out there to talk about Jesus to play that gospel music while you're going down the road in your car. They need you to tell them about what God had done for you in the service the night before in the Bible study. They need you to be a reality. Somebody is watching your life. And so Peter he and Peter, James, and John, Andrew, then Philip. Philip was the one who was watching. He was observing all of these things. He was seeing what it was that, that happened when Jesus moved on the scene in people's lives. And I'm sure he was soaking it up. I'm sure he was thinking about it and say, if Jesus can do this, what else can Jesus do? If Jesus can do this, how, how, how many other lives can't he change? And so then we get to him carrying, carrying people to Christ. That was his main goal, his main desire. Jesus said towards the end of his ministry, in John chapter 12, towards the end of his ministry, there were some Greeks that came to the disciples as Jesus was out there teaching. Now Philip, Philip is a, a Greek name. If you know anything about Alexander the Great, he was at, I think, I believe he was at 33 years old. He had took over what was then known as the, as the whole world through military conquest. His father, his name was Philip, Philip of Macedon. And so Philip was a Greek name. You wonder, well, he was part of the 12 disciples. He was Jewish, right? But he had a Greek name. And so these Greeks, you know, that these, these birds of a feather flock together. You never know who you're going to bring to Jesus. You never know. It could be somebody that you know or somebody that, that recognizes, you know, how you are. They remind you of someone. And so some of those people, there will be some people that only you can meet that Pastor Devishai will never meet. But you can bring them to God because he will never meet them. And so this man, Philip, with this Greek name, these Greeks, they came. And they came up to him and said, sir, we will see Jesus. Sir, we will see Jesus. There were two disciples in the Bible that said, sirs, we will see Jesus. But what was that goal? His goal wasn't to say, no, you can listen to me. No, his goal was to take them to Christ. To take them to Christ. And I ask this, what is your main desire in your life? What is your main objective? To say, I'm scrambling for number one. I've got to be the best. I've got to have the most. I've got to have the greatest. That wasn't Philip's desire. Philip's desire was just to be number five. Number five, I want to be there. I want to be in the midst. I don't want to miss anything. But let all those other guys, let them have the glory. Just let me bring people to Jesus. Let me bring somebody. Let me tell somebody about what Jesus Christ can do. Sirs, we will see Jesus. Okay, let me, well, I want you to see as much Jesus as possible. I want you to get as close to Jesus as you can. I want you, that if your life is all messed up, I want you to come to God. I don't need the glory. Let God have the glory. I don't need my name and lights. Let Jesus have it all. Let Jesus save every soul and change every life. I'm going to close here. Well, I want you to answer that. What are you doing with your Christianity 
Is it bare minimum or is it above and beyond? The Bible tells us one more time about Philip. Now, this is not Philip the evangelist. Man, I, when I first began to study this, when I first began to study it, I thought, well, is this the same Philip that went out there and preached in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 8? No, it's not the same Philip. You read about him one more time in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, Jesus had risen from the dead. He was getting ready to ascend up to heaven, and he did. But right before that, he told his disciples, he said, I want you to go to an upper room. I want you to pray. I want you to go and wait for the promise of the Father, which saith, the, they saith he, you have heard of me. For John, John the Baptist, truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And so Philip, he was one of those that went up there. He was still number five. But you know what? Philip didn't miss out on anything. Philip said, Jesus did all these miracles. He told me to be up there in the upper room. I'm going. And so Philip in Acts chapter 2, he was there among the 12. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. The power of God came down. So history says that Philip went on to reach a lot of people for Jesus. Why? That was always his goal. That was always his desire. Let me go out and tell somebody about what Jesus has done. Come.